This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession podcast with Chef Mary Mamaliti. When I moved to Toronto, whenever my mom would come visit me, she'd bring me a teacup or we would go antiquing. And so, so many of those cups have a story. So when I have a cup of tea in the morning, I feel like I'm having tea with my mom or with my grandma, you know, with people that I've lost. Those teacups are memories of them. I can't tell you how many direct messages I get daily. People go, you know, I had my tea with you today. Or, I don't drink tea, but I think I'm going to. But my favorite one is people go, I dusted off all my teacups and now I'm using them. You're right now, I feel special because, you know, one of my taglines is use your good stuff because we're not pharaohs. We don't get to take it with us when we die. And so use it as much as you can. That's Marilyn Smith. She's a best-selling author, professional home economist, and a regular guest expert on Toronto's City Line and Breakfast Television. Hi, Marilyn. Welcome back. So glad to be here. <laughs> I love it that you went along. That was my best Oprah impression. And it kind of sounded a bit like a sheep or a goat. But I tried. <laughs> no, it didn't. I felt like I was there. Hello. <laughs> I was looking back, and I can't believe the last time you were here was back in April of 2019. What? Yes. Wow. You know what? That's that I like so many things have happened. I've changed. The world has changed. You've changed. It's, yeah, it's extraordinary. Wow. That's a long time ago. Okay, so let's catch up. Okay. What's happened since then? Are you working on book number, is it eight or nine now? Uh, it would be number nine if I was writing one, but I'm not. Uh, okay. I thought, you know what happened? About five years ago, I started working on a novel. Um, I have always wanted to do that. And so um, when the pandemic hit, I just thought, oh my God, this is like a gift. I now have the time to actually work on this. So I've been working on a novel. Um, for the last two years. And like, I would say three, at least three before, but not on a regular basis. Cause as soon as I'd, you know, get busy, it would go down the wayside. So that's what I'm doing right now, as far as writing is concerned. And it is so incredibly, it's such escapism, you know, when things were, were scary here, I would just escape into this make, make believe world that I had created. And, um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited. Like who knows if it'll ever get published. Only 1% of books that get pitched uh, to publishing houses actually make it onto the shelf. And so the fact that I've had eight books published as a cookbook is kind of a miracle that I didn't even know. And so who knows if this will ever see the bookshelf at a bookstore by you, but um, it's really been a fun thing to work on. So no cookbooks right now, just uh, they call it a work in progress. That's the buzzword for I'm working on a novel. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Are you into playing a couple of games with me? I'm up. I'm up. Okay. Fill in the blanks. I'm always late to blank. Nothing. I am never late. Knock on wood. I'm knocking on wood. Because I think, I just think it's so disrespectful. Like, if anything, I'm, ob I'm obnoxiously early. Blank is my love language. Chocolate. Chocolate is my love language, yeah. I think chocolate's super sexy. Good chocolate. Not. I'm not talking about, you know, a candy bar. I'm talking about something decadent that you put in your mouth and let it melt down slowly so that you enjoy every single moment as it becomes this sort of wonderful feeling. And you're, oh, yeah, that's, that's what it is. I deserve a gold medal in blank. <laughs> Pioneering fiber. Yes, you do. 
Well, there's so many people that do more than me and that have PhDs and all that kind of thing. But I've been talking about fiber for over 20 years. And, um, and, and I'm so glad that fiber is sexy. Yeah, maybe that's what I answer. I should have. I think fiber is sexy. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just, I would like to be remembered for that, you know. Um, Marilyn Smith, loved, loved her gut. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know we all have, we've talked about the pandemic at great lengths, but you, you kept a lot of the, I think they make a lot of us smile. (laughs) And and one of them is your morning tea ritual. So you share that first cup of tea um, of the day on social media. How did this start? Well, I started it quite a few years ago, but it was just sort of hit and miss. And then, uh, somewhere it was before the pandemic actually started somebody said I really miss your tea pours and I went hmm okay well I still do it every morning every morning I I have a lot of teacups I have over a hundred unique ones but you know a couple of hundred you know because I have sets and stuff and so every morning I go through that that ritual myself like you know whatever the mood hits me a teacup will speak to me and you know that's the winner for the morning so Um, I was doing it anyway. I thought, you know what? I think this is a really fun thing to share. You know, we're all so inundated with negativity and, and, you know, fear of the unknown that I, I want to share this positivity. And so I started pouring my tea and it really, really caught on. I I was kind of surprised. I mean, I even did a poll about halfway through about a year ago to say, Hey, you guys, are you guys still wanting to see this? And, And it was a resounding yes. Um, and so, yeah, I pour my tea. I share that moment with everybody because for me, that cup of tea is a grounding. Um, I count my blessings. I kind of have a daily intention, um, in the spring, summer, fall, I'm outside when it was the winter, I wasn't, um, but, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, it just, it, it kind of evolved and, um, I can't tell you how many direct messages I get daily of people going, thank you for doing this you know, you help me start my day every day. And it's, it's really, it's fun because people go, you know, I had my tea with you today, or I don't drink tea, but I'm think I'm going to, but my favorite one is people go, I dusted off all my teacups and now I'm using them. You're right now. I feel special. Cause you know, one of my taglines is use your good stuff. Cause we're not Pharaohs. We don't get to take it with us when we die. And so, <laughs> you know, use it as much as you can. And that includes your, your best underwear and, you know, all your good stuff. Cause because really, it's why are so we saving true. it? Life is so short. Like, I don't want to, I don't want my son to come here after I die and go, geez, I never saw her in this or what the heck is that? I never saw that. So yeah, I use all everything. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I grew up in a home where European home where we would live out of this basement. They had these, these basements renovated. You would cook in the basement, hang out. And then the whole house, honestly, you could have put up a rope and charged admission, <laughs> you know, just to go look at this immaculate kitchen upstairs, this <laughs> nothing out of place living room. And I would say, okay, I want to go watch TV upstairs. They're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so, you know, and that's what I think of is like when you say use your good stuff, I use everything. And I think a lot of it stems from that, me growing up with, no, you can't sit there. I mean, we even had the plastic on the cushions on the couch, but... <laughs> you know what? I, I lived in a, a, a very eclectic neighborhood and one of my best friends was Italian and I never knew that they had a downstairs basement. And so like we would always be down there and, and 
you know, I didn't even, I didn't even know why I didn't get to go upstairs. So thank you for clarifying this. That's it. Because everything upstairs is just so it's perfect. It's immaculate. Honestly, I, I told my parents that I was going to charge admission. They weren't too happy about it, but we got a good laugh. Um, It's like you were living in the Smithsonian, you know, come on. This is a, this is a relic kitchen from 19, whenever. Yeah. Yeah, It was hilarious. It's very funny. That's very funny. So back to the teacups, because I am curious. You mentioned over a hundred. Yeah, at least. You know, people always ask me, how many do you have? And I'm actually scared to count. So, you know, like if I really, I probably have 150 unique ones. Um, And then, you know, then, but there's like, I have like six tea sets that have eight, you know, so um, and my mom is the one that started me off. My mom collected teacups. And, And the funny thing is that my mom never drank tea, which is hilarious. And so when I was little, when I was younger, like when they would go out, I would make tea and take one of the teacups out of her china cabinet and, um, you know, it would be dust around so you could put it back so she'd never see that I'd used it. But I mean, I did it all the time. And because I always thought, why don't you use them? I mean, aside from the fact that you don't drink tea, but, you know, when somebody comes over. And so um, I finally asked her many years, about two or three years before my mom died, I finally said, you know, mom, how come you even collected them if you never drank tea? She said, because I was honoring my mom and her mom had never had enough money to buy teacups and she loved them. So my mom bought teacups in memory of her mother. And so I love that. Yeah. And so, so when I started, when I moved to Toronto, whenever my mom would come visit me, she'd bring me a teacup or we would go antiquing. And so, so many of those cups have a story. So when I have a cup of tea in the morning, even though my mom never drank it, sometimes she'd have hot water in it just to, you know, (laughs) I wouldn't go, come on, mom. Like, so she'd have hot water in your teacup, whatever. Um, but you know, those mornings I feel like I'm having tea with my mom or with my grandma or with my mother-in-law, um, you know, with people that I've lost, you know, they're, those teacups are memories of them. So yeah, I have a cup of tea with my mom pretty much every morning. I love that. What a great way to start the day. How do you make the perfect cup of tea? Okay. So I'm a loose tea girl, loose tea leaves. So that's one of my bigger ones. Um, loose tea is usually a bigger uh, tea leaf. And so it has more flavor infused versus a tea bag, but that's a personal thing. And and so I, I get a really strong black tea, uh, you know, in the winter, mostly that's what I drink in the spring, summer, fall, I kind of change it up. It could be more of a, a lighter tea or whatever. So I, I, first of all, choose a really good tea. And then you get fresh cold water from the tap. You put it in the, your kettle. Um, you Before it starts to boil, you're going to pour some into your empty teapot. And the reason is, is that the temperature of tea is really important on flavor. So if you're pouring boiling water into a cold teapot with tea leaves, that that teapot is going to suck some of the temperature away. And then the tea is not steeping at the right temperature. So yes, it's actually scientific. So anyway, so you hot the pot, you rinse it around. You don't have to put a lot of water in. You're just taking a chill off the pot. And then when the water is fully boiled, um, I have, meanwhile, I put a basket into my teapot and I poured in four teaspoons of tea or spooned them in rather. Um, and it's, it's a three cup teapot. So it's my grandma always said one for every cup and then one for the pot. So that's why I put four in, pour the boiling, boiling, rolling, boiling water on top. And I let it steep for 
four minutes and 30 seconds, um, which is I love those 30 always, seconds. always come on. If it's five <laughs> minutes, it's too much caffeine. If it's four minutes, it's not enough anyway. So, uh, yeah, I let it steep. Then I take out the tea leaves. I throw those in my garden because I love doing that, uh, as a composting kind of a thing. And then I, I get one of my teacups. Now they're really old. Most of them are really, really old. And so if you pour a boiling, you know, really hot tea into one of them, you might crack it. So, uh, traditionally those cups were always very fragile it was one of the reasons why, uh, the habit was to put milk in first. So the milk kind of absorbs the heat. So you're not going to crack your cup. So that's why I do that. And I pour my perfect cup of tea and welcome the day with all my followers and fans and bing, bang, boom. <laughs> I'm Mary Mamalini and you're listening to the kitchen confession podcast. Today, I'm talking with best-selling author and professional home economist, Marilyn Smith. I can't help but I get excited about gardening. I love gardening. I don't have a big backyard, but I do love planting wherever I can. You have a secret garden that you like to spend time in. Do you do any spring prep for your garden? Okay, two things. Yes, yes, and yes. That was three answers. But um, <laughs> but the so my secret garden was in my old house, and for you know this crazy reason, we started renovating a house. We we actually we had another house up the street that we renovated, and the house up the street uh, should have been finished, uh, you know, during the pandemic, and it wasn't. It was not even a third of the way when the pandemic hit. So we moved during the pandemic and uh, it was brave. Uh, it, it was insane. Actually, I think brave is a lovely word, but anyway, uh, <laughs> it was not intentional. Right. So we were, it was forced upon us, but because we only lived about 10 doors away from the other house um, and it was never, it was always being delayed, delayed, delayed. And all I could think of is I got to save my garden. So my secret garden was in my last house, which was a tiny little garden. And all of a sudden we have a huge backyard that looks kind of like a forest. So, um, so what I did was I, I, I'm very influenced by an Irish landscaper. Her name is Mary Reynolds, and she believes in letting the garden tell you what it wants to do. So I sat in that blank canvas that was a disaster um, and let the garden tell me what I wanted. And then I dug up my other garden, pretty much most of the stuff that I could without decimating it. But I, I really thought whoever bought it was going to tear the fence down and make a parking pad. So I didn't want, you know, that made me sad. So I dug up as much as I could and, and I, I literally <laughs> planted it into my magical fairy garden. So I had a thought that I would create another secret garden, but my husband said, well, then you're just doing the same thing. And if you're letting the garden tell you what it wants it to be, let the garden tell you what it wants to be named. And so it became the magical fairy garden. So I have a magical fairy garden. Um, the soil in this magical fairy garden has been neglected forever. And, you know, as a good gardener, it's all about the nutrients in your soil, much like, you know, if you eat a healthy diet, you're going to be a healthier person. So you got to have healthy soil. So last year I planted a lot in pots and stuff because I'm augmenting the soil. So that's the first thing I'm going to do when it is officially spring in my backyard is I'm going to order a, a ton of compost again. Um, I, I grind up eggshells all see all winter, you know, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm augmenting my soil first before I do anything else. And, um, yeah, it's all about, it's all about the dirt. <laughs> it is. I totally agree. What plans do you have for the garden this year? So are you adding anything extra? Um, do you do a combination of flowers and, uh, herbs or vegetables? 
Yeah, that was my, in my last garden, it was vegetables, herbs, flowers, you know, perennials, whatever. But because there's so little sun in this new backyard, um, I had them build me out my back door. Uh, like, uh, basically it looks like, uh, like steps up, but ba- it's, it's for, it's for my herb garden. Cause I call it a kitchen oh, okay. garden. So it has yep. a fair amount of sun. I'm going to put all my herbs there, you know, parsley, basil, uh, sage, rosemary, all those guys that I use on a regular basis that they're going to go there. And then th- this, uh, the house before we renovated had an, uh, uh, like a claw bathtub, but it was wrecked. And so we put it out in the backyard and made it a giant planter. I love it. That's my childhood right there. So cool because it's a claw <laughs> bathtub, right? And yes. And so last year I had all these beautiful things, but I, I overdid it because like, I didn't under I didn't know how much like I had vines and a whole bunch of stuff. So this year I've already decided what I'm gonna put into it. So it's gonna be trailing petunias and you know, some ivy, not as much, and some salvia and a whole bunch of so this is like a giant. It's a, it's a giant planter. And so that's my sun garden. So as you come out the back door and down the stairs, that's the only part that gets enough sun. Um, and so that's where all the herbs and uh, sadly, I can't grow vegetables. I tried doing it at the side of the garage last year and I got like four beans. So it was just sad. So, you know, good soil, good light. So that's that part. And then the rest is pretty much hostas and, you know, shade loving plants. But uh, I, I planted a whole ton of bulbs uh, last fall planted 50 bulbs there's a section in the garden where I got my husband to drag stumps around to look make it look like they fell over and so it was like no Scott it doesn't look like it fell over there move it over here so he like pick up this 100 pound stump and drag it over so in between all these stumps I put dirt and then I planted all these bulbs so I hope it worked I don't know the stinking uh, squirrels are I went and bought a whole bunch of bone meal yesterday to sprinkle all over when the snow goes away. So, uh, yeah, so I'm just, I'm excited because it's unfolding, right? It's evolving. And and I bet in about five years, it'll be close to what I imagined it to be. But um, yeah, but yeah, so I do herbs. I do perennials and annuals. I have a ton of perennials in the front that I dug up too. So yeah, work in progress. So much fun. So much fun. It is. And you know what? That claw foot tub. Yeah. If you put a couple of tomato plants in there, cut a couple of hockey sticks as as the yes. support for the tomato plant, you have just gained your passport to Italy. <laughs> um. <laughs> we saw a toilet on the street the other day. So I go, you want that as a planter? I went, no. <laughs> that's, well, we got hockey sticks. We got a plethora of hockey sticks. Anyway, there we yeah, go. that's so funny. Well, I'm thinking that by the side of the other side of the, the back veranda, there's, there's a ton of sun. And so I've already bought a whole bunch of big clay pots to put tomatoes in. So, um, but I do like the hockey stick for a steak idea. That's a great idea. <laughs> now with the herbs, I notice when I do my herb garden, honestly, again, I keep it close to my back door, mm-hmm. um, close to the kitchen, but sometimes like I get this overgrowth. Um, of parsley, basil, all that good stuff. And I don't want it to go to waste. What is your solution to not waste any of that good stuff? So I can't, you know, when I came up with, uh, I call them my flavor bombs and I, I came up with it because I did, I had, I'd planted, you can never have too much basil, but anyway, I, I had so much of it. I didn't want it to bolt. And so I was, I, you know, I harvested on a regular basis. So it keeps growing all season. Anyway, um, so what I do is I, I it's kind of like a fake pesto. So pesto has nuts and cheese in it, garlic oil and, and the herbs. So what I do is I just put in 
maybe half parsley, half basil, basil, whatever you want to call it, a whole ton of garlic, um, extra virgin olive oil, whirl it all up and put that into little tiny ice cube trays. I freeze it. And then I, I pop those into a bag, you know, and keep it in the freezer. And last year I had so much basil. Um, I, I, I still got a little bit of it left, which is pretty miraculous. Cause I use that probably twice a week as a flavor bomb. So it just depends. Like sometimes I just do parsley and, and garlic and, and extra virgin olive oil. And sometimes I do just basil and sometimes I do a combo. So it just depends on what I have. And they're the only two herbs that really work like that. Um, I tried doing it with, uh, with, with thyme and it was, it was not right. Uh, yeah, I think you need that leafy texture. So, uh, yeah, that's my big trick. The, the recipe is actually in peace, love and fiber. So there's versions that you can do with nuts or without nuts. Um, and then you can just be all lazy like me and, and do it, uh, straight up with oil, garlic and your herb. And I love that idea because if you're pressed for time and you have these herbs, you don't want it to go to waste. You could just, like you said, mix them really quickly, put them into the freezer and you're good to go. Yeah. It's a cinchy thing. And honest to gosh, when you pop one of those, well, I pop about six into whatever I'm making. It's like, is this summer? It tastes like summer. Like, how is this summer? So, you know, in in the middle of February, you know, when you're losing the will to live with the weather, it was like, (laughs) oh my God, we got to have pasta with the flavor bombs on, or I may have to kill you anyway. So yeah, I'm a little dramatic. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And I wanted to talk a little bit about groceries. Mm. So right. Higher grocery prices. Uh, we're all noticing it. And it's it's even affected milk, you name it, everything. How can we save money and still eat fresh? So my biggest tip is that we throw 40% of our food away. Um, and, you know, just imagine you went grocery shopping and you leave 40% in the parking lot and drive home. I mean, it's, it, you know, you think of it as a visual like that. So if we did not throw that food away, think of all the money that we would be saving. So my tip has been, and I've done this for years, it's not just because of, uh, you know, what's going on in the world right now, but it's just a really good, wonderful way to respect the food, the farmers, the environment is to shop your fridge, your freezer, and your pantry. Because so many times people, they just, you know, they open their vegetable drawer that's got the other name, which is called the slime drawer, and go, wow, forgot I even had this, you know, fill in the blank. So um, what I do on a very regular basis is that uh, I, you know, I, I, I plan my menus. And then when we've gotten to a certain amount, okay, I, uh, let, let's be creative. And so I started doing this during the pandemic. I called it my giant black box competition. So I'd open the fridge and I would go, what do I see with all these ingredients? And so I have a recipe in my head. And, you know, I think a lot of chefs, that's how they win black box competitions is that when they open that box, they don't see what the heck am I going to do with this? They see recipes. So um, I just actually did a segment on City Line about this. So it was, all right, so here's three golden ones. I have about 10 you know, recipes in my head, but here's three easy ones. You could make a pasta dish, you could make a frittata, or you can make a main course salad. And so when you open your fridge and you see, okay, look, there's a sad piece of kale here. What am I going to, okay, you know, that would be really good in the frittata. And then you, you know, you, you actually just start shopping. If you got anything in your freezer, or maybe you got a flavor bomb or, you know, what do I got in my pantry? So that is my biggest tip uh, on how to reduce your food waste and save money is do not just throw the least amount that you can possibly throw away. 
and leftovers. So I want to bring up leftovers because leftovers are always in our fridge. So if we're shopping our fridge, mm-hmm. we have leftovers. But in some homes, there's a distinct divide. So some homes, they either love them, hate them. What's your solution to this? It's a great, great uh, dilemma because I think when people see leftovers, they just reheat them. So so then they're having the same dinner repeated, repeated, repeated. And I think it's the, oh gosh, are we having this stew again? Or are we having this chili again? So what I do is I don't necessarily reheat them. I repurpose them. So if that, if say there's some chili left over, well, I might turn that into a frittata or maybe I'm going to do a taco salad and have it, you know, on a bed of lettuce with a whole bunch of other stuff, or maybe we're going to have taco Tuesday. So I see it as not just reheating. The only things I really do reheat for sure would be a soup, you know, because you can't really repurpose that. Uh, But, you know, chili has a whole bunch of different versions, Um, a curry, you know, you could put it in a roti. Um, So, you know, repurposing tends to take you in a different direction altogether versus just reheating. Okay, we're going to go on to rapid fire. Tell us one thing most people don't know about you. I'm short. Like people think that I'm really tall and then they, they see me in person and they're like, oh my God, you're so short. And I'm five one. Officially, when I was in high school, they used to have me vertically challenged. Anyway, so. Uh, That's better. I was called Smurf. I'm five two. Oh, you're Just right. Just kidding five two. <laughs> right. <laughs> Next. Name or sing a song that always puts you in a good mood. <laughs> this is the first thing that came to my head and it's only because I did this the other day. Wax the pomegranate, wax the pomegranate, wax the pomegranate, the arrows fly out. So pathetic. <laughs> Whenever I open a pomegranate, I made this song up about 20 years ago. And um, yeah, and I just, I was just whacking the pomegranate. That's so oh rude. You said the first thing that came to your head, right? That's the first thing. I wish there'd have been something fantastic, but anyway, sorry. <laughs> and I know we shared so many. But what is your kitchen confession? I once made beef stroganoff for my family. And my sister, who's, uh, she's hilarious. And she's like, oh my gosh, it's white gravy. This is disgusting. And my mom was like, what are you making? And my dad, he never said anything. So my mom and my sister did not like it. They didn't. And it's funny because we ate mushrooms and beef. It wasn't like it was like too far off the wall. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, I think it was the the white thing that really threw them. Anyway, I thought, oh my gosh, at least my dad likes it. And he put his fork and knife down on his plate, you know, to signal he'd finished. And he goes, he looks at me. And my dad was very, very supportive. And I was waiting for this wonderful thing. He said, never make that again. Anyway, so. (laughs) I never did. (laughs) I never thought of that. I've never made beef stroganoff cakes. (laughs) It was a unanimous vote. Do not make this ever again. (laughs) Yeah. Three against one. Actually, I didn't like it either. But, you know, it was because whatever. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that was too funny. <laughs> so if listeners want to reach out for more information, how can they find you? Well, my Instagram is the most fun place to find me. So it's Marilyn the way I find it. Spell Marilyn, M-A-I-R-L-Y-N Smith. Uh, that's the best place to find me. I'm I'm kind of on Facebook, but not very much. And I'm kind of on Twitter, but not very much. And I, I tried to be on TikTok, but I, I couldn't. So um, yeah, so find me at Instagram. That's the best place. Excellent. And thank you so much for joining on the show today. Honestly, it was, it's always fun. You are a wonderful interviewer. You have wonderful questions and it is so much fun to talk to you. So thanks for asking me again. I'm happy to have come back. 
Um, let's not wait another three years for the next one. And uh, <laughs> absolutely. And I'll think of I a know. new superpower for then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's that time we've reached the end of another show. Did we get your stomach growling? Head over to kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. Plus, you can check out ami.ca forward slash kitchen confession for all the latest on the podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and review so we can keep bringing you more episodes you'll love. Our producer and editor is Matt Agnew, and I'm your host, Mary Mammolini. Thanks for listening. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.